When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day, it's Ben Davis. Thanks for catching up on Mornings here on SEN Cube. You know what? You can also catch up some great content with other SEN shows, such as Brecky with Patty and Heels, The Captain's Run with Cameron Smith and Denon Kemp, all on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. But until then, sit back and enjoy and make sure you tell your mates. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. G'day, thanks for throwing out the rule book with me today because that's exactly what you and I are going to do this morning. I'm going to go off script, off the cuff. Um, I was going to ask you about have we picked the right team for the World Cup. I'll get into that very, very shortly, the cricket World Cup, that is. But I, I want to hear off the top, I want to hear, when was the time that you knew you shouldn't have but you did anyway? In the name of sport, I'm talking about, Sam, stop it. In the name of sport, when you've had no regrets, 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. I'm starting this way because I, I heard this story and, and I, I just, I made a phone call before coming into the studio just to confirm it. Reuben Cotter is getting married this Sunday in Townsville, Saturday night. He's playing a test match for Australia. Yeah. Yes, Danny, he is. He is. Reuben Cotter's getting married 12 hours after he plays for the Kangaroos. What could possibly go wrong? I mean, seriously. Black eye, broken nose, cuts. Bro- oh, look, we, we do not wish any harm on him, but, geez, it's fraught with danger, isn't it? Is it a stroke of genius or is it a moment of madness? I'm still trying to work that out. He knows he shouldn't. Well, maybe he should, but he's doing it anyway. I guess, you know, he's got history of pushing the boundaries, doesn't he? Remember he made his origin debut last year and became a dad just a few days later? <laughs> uh, 13 13 55 0467 736 736. When have you done something? Or when is someone that you know has done something that they shouldn't have, but they've done it anyway in the name of sport? And... I actually pick up a conversation I had at home with my wife last night who was lucky enough to get a ticket to the AFL Grand Final and flew down to watch the Lions play. She had a perforated eardrum and jumped on a plane anyway because it was 20 years since her team had made a Grand Final and she was never going to give this up. She was never going to blow this chance, right? So she did it. She probably shouldn't have. In fact, I know she shouldn't have, but she did anyway. 13, 13, 55, As I said, we're throwing the rule book out the window today. We're going to have a bit of fun. Uh, we are going to get into some serious chat as well. But have you done something that you probably shouldn't have, but you've done it anyway? All in the name of sport. 
1355 When you have that, no regrets. <laughs> Wasn't that the tattoo? No regrets. <laughs> no, reg- no regrets. Um, you, you, it could be going to a grand final. It could be a wedding. Oh, God. who who has a wedding on grand final weekend? Do you go anyway? Mm. Uh, grand final stories, uh, horror stories, or, or happy stories. The day you chose footy, the day you chose sport, and the day you probably shouldn't have. Look, coming up this uh, this morning, a, a galaxy of stars, and I'm thinking this afternoon too, because we are be talking to Matt Hayden over in India. It, it will almost be the afternoon. A man who's had a massive influence on the Australian cricket team and Australia's success. We'll be chatting to him about the World Cup. Uh, I'll be talking to a man who's had a massive influence on Reuben Cotter's career. He's in camp with him right now. I wonder if he's going to the wedding. The Axe, Trevor Gilmeister, is coming up in about half an hour's time. Actually, speaking of someone who probably shouldn't have, but they did anyway, Gilly, off his hospital bed. Origin, 1995. Could kill you, but you could also win an Origin for Queensland. Uh, there we go, off and running. 13-13-55-0467-736. I'd love to get your stories. All those that you remember along the way. Hmm. Uh, it is a galaxy of stars, as I said. Andrew Gaze, uh, the Bullets, they fired more than shots against Cairns' big Aaron Baines. He wanted to throw hands after being elbowed in the throat. Was he justified? He threw a few comments the uh, referee's way as well. Uh, he's under investigation. So is the Cairns coach. We'll get stuck into that with Andrew Gay. Stephen Moore, former Wallabies captain. Uh, he wants Rugby Australia to hit the reset button after the World Cup. Bounced out of the World Cup for the first time ever in the pool stages. Uh, we'll get his thoughts on that. But also, who'll win it from here? I know we've kicked the Wallabies. We've dissected that over the last, well, the best part of the last month. Any answers? Hmm. But who goes on to win the World Cup from here? Stephen Moore. Um, speaking of World Cups, as I said, Matty Hayden, one of our greatest uh, uh, greatest in the World Cup uh, arena. We'll be talking to him from India. We have prizes galore as well because we've got the quiz coming up after 11. We've got the $100 Archie's voucher. If you think you've worn thongs before, uh-oh, these are the greatest. The best footwear. You'll never want to take them off. If you've got hip problems, if you've got back problems, if you've got feet problems, well... Archie's are the way to go too. And we've got a uh, $50 voucher to the Waterloo Bay Hotel. Dinner and drinks on us. That is for the caller of the day, 131355-0467-736-736. The time you know you shouldn't have, but you did it anyway in the name of sport. Before we do that, though, let's do this. And now, time for Ben's Snap Judgment. All right, this was the question I was going to kick it off with today. But after I heard the Reuben Cotter wedding thing, I thought, no, no, we've got to go there. We've got to go there. But in all seriousness, have we picked the right team for Cricket's World Cup? Dramatic pause there. 13, 13, 736 to get involved. I think we have, and I'll get into that in just a moment. But if we haven't got it right, who do we need to bring in? And remember, we can only bring someone in if someone is injured. So who do we kneecap to get out of the Australian squad? What was it? Josh Inglis? Didn't he have that golf injury last year? Who do we kneecap to bring someone in? 13, 13, 55, if we haven't got it right. Look, like you, it does worry me on face value that we have just one specialised spinner and he's hardly in form. Adam Zampa. 
in ODIs this year, he's averaged 35 with the ball. And those matches have been in India and South Africa. And South Africa are our next opponents on Thursday. When you actually bust it down into the separate countries, in India, that average with the ball is 38 this year. In more recent form, so since we've been playing ODIs in the lead-up to the World Cup, this is from September onwards, that average is out to 40. And he's our headline spinner. That's who we're pinning our World Cup tweaking options on. So, yeah, that worries me. Does it worry you? 13-13-55-0467-736-736. It worries former Australian captain Mark Taylor. That's going to be the worry for me. That lost Ashton Agar leading into this, which was a blow. Now, uh, you don't often turn to Ashton Agar to be the guy that's going to be, win you all these games. But along with Zampa, they've, they've, they've been a very good combination, particularly on the slower pitches of the subcontinent. Last time we beat India in a, a, a tournament over there was earlier this year. When we won the last two games in the three-match series. Agar got two for 40, and, um, and Zampa took four for 40 in yeah. that game. Mm. So not having... Agar there is a blow. So Maxwell will have to step up to help Zampa. Mm. Uh, and obviously, all-rounders, maybe you'll see Labuschagne bowl a bit. But only having one front-line spinner is certainly a concern for Australia. Yeah, there we go. Mark Taylor uh, speaking on Channel 9. Uh, does he have a point? Only having one spinner? I mean, Glenn Maxwell and Manus are, are the backups in India. Where on Sunday night, six of our top seven were spun out. Now, I read today that there are calls to bring Nathan Lyon back into the Australian one-day side, replacing Marcus Stoinis, that is, if he's not fit. And right now, he's battling a hamstring. Do they kneecap Stoinis? Do they say, ah, let's put a line through him, he's no good, and bring in Nathan Lyon? No. no. I mean, I know he's the GOAT, but he hasn't played a one-day international since the last World Cup in 2019. And he's played just one game of grade cricket since blowing his calf in the ashes. So, I don't think Nathan Lyon's the answer. What about Matt Kuhneman? Or or Mitch Swepson or Todd Murphy? Spinners that they've tried on the subcontinent and with some success as well. And in India too. If I was going to bring anyone in, it'd be one of those three. And at the top of my list, Matty Kuhneman. He was playing well for Queensland yesterday uh, in that great escape. We'll speak more about that as the uh, morning wides on. But if they haven't got it right, the Australian selectors, who would you bring in? I'm actually not convinced that they have got it right. Our strength is our pace attack. The big three, Stark, Hazelwood and Cummins, and they are all there. I think we've got the right ingredients. Don't you? Josh Hazelwood is the world's number two ranked ODI bowler. And he's been there for some time. Mitchell Stark, he's ranked eighth in the world. And 48 hours ago, Australia's pace attack, led by Hazelwood and Stark, they had India at three for two. Should have been four for 20 had Mitch Marsh thinking he was catching a cricket ball rather than a football. He's trying a chest mark. What was going on there? And despite the weather forecast for no dew in Chennai, there was plenty. And our spinners 
had trouble gripping the ball. But back to the quicks. We have a history of pacemen dominating in India. Last week, I spoke to Damien Fleming ahead of the World Cup. In 1996, at the World Cup in India, where he made his World Cup debut, he had career-best figures of 5 for 36 in Mumbai. He averaged 24 in India, 25 overall. That's just one bowler. Have a look at the 2004 Test Series win. That's right, Test Series win in India. McGrath, Casper, Gillespie. They took 45 of the 70 wickets in that series in India. Supposed to be spin friendly, right? Maybe for the locals, but the Aussie quicks hold up their own. I'm happy that we're leading this World Cup with a pace barrage. Aren't you? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. The, the other question mark, and maybe the biggest question mark, is our batting. Something that Tim Payne brought up yesterday. The concerns were things we'd, we'd already spoken about, and I thought we saw them play out last night when we were watching. So we talked on last week when I was in Brisbane about the key areas we'd have to play well. Power play with the bat to get off to an absolute flyer because we know teams are going to pick spin and it's going to get challenging. Didn't quite nail that. Lost Mitch Marsh in yep. the first over. David Warner played okay, but was striking at about 82, 83. In this power play, you're going to have to be striking at over 100. Yep. Regardless of the conditions. We spoke about our play of spin is going to be critically important. I think we lost six for 100 off about 30 overs against spin so cross there didn't quite get that right third point we spoke about last week which yeah. was our ability to take wickets from the 11th to the 40th and again we couldn't do it so we got off to a great start had them three for five and they end up four for 200 so these middle periods where india are going to bowl jadeja ashwin and Coldeep, and continually take wickets through the middle and if you're continually taking wickets you've got new batters coming in so it's hard to start it's hard to start it's hard to score quick we are getting scored off really easily through yep. the middle. And like I said, Zamps has got next to no help. Well, there we go. That, that was Tim Payne dissecting what happened on Sunday night. Yeah, Zamps has got little to no help, but he does have the quicks there. The other backup, and the biggest issue for me, is our all-rounders. Glenn Maxwell is a spin bowler, an all-round spin bowler. And he's had some success in India. In fact, in that third ODI, which we beat India uh, just a couple of weeks ago, Maxwell got four for 40. And he took the top four wickets, Sharma, Washington, Coley. Maxwell is the key. So is Cameron Green. So is Mitch Marsh. So is Marcus Stoinis. We've got the quick cartel, the big three, and Zampa. That, that should be enough. But we know this is a World Cup and we know conditions can change. We know forecasts mean nothing in India. We've got the firepower. We've got the strike power. You have a look at the two top-ranked ODI bowlers in the world right now. Jaraj number one and Hazelwood number two. Quicks. We've got the strike power. We've got the selections right. We actually just need them to fire. We actually just need them to do their job, don't we? Or if they have got it wrong, who do you bring in? Who's sitting there in the wings? And I'm not talking Travis Head, who's sitting at home in Adelaide waiting for his hand to heal. I mean, he, he is part of our World Cup squad. But he's sitting in Adelaide. And we hope the broken hand gets better.
so do selectors. They're banking on him getting better so they can bring him back into the tournament in the next couple of weeks. But if you had to bring someone in for an injured player, because that's the only way you can make a legitimate change is if you have a tournament-ending injury, who is it? Who do you bring in? 13-13-55-0467-736-736. Or are you like me? Do you think selectors have got it right? We are batting deep. We are batting really deep, which is something you need to do in India because we've seen what's happened in the power play. Australia lost some quick wickets, but we're able to come in with more. We just didn't stand up after the 11th over. 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736. If selectors haven't got it right, who should they bring in? 19 minutes past nine, off and running for a Tuesday morning here on SENQ, your new home of sport here in Queensland. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. Sunday is going to be a great day for a wedding. Look, as far as footballers are concerned, right now is wedding season. The end of the season, that six to eight week break before they have to start pre-season right now is when a bulk of professional footballers in this country and anyone surrounding a football team normally has their wedding anniversary. So happy anniversary to any of those coming up. One of those will be, after this Sunday, Reuben Cotter playing for Australia Saturday night in Townsville and then getting married the next day. What could possibly go wrong? Uh, on the line now is, well, one of the best men from the Australian <laughs> coaching setup. I'm talking none other than the Axe himself, the Minister of Defence, Trevor Gilmeister, the right-hand man to Mal Meninga. Gilly, very good morning to you. Have you been invited to Reuben's wedding? No, I'll just give him a little bit of a uh, ripping about that. I, I must have lo- uh, lost my... He must have lost my... Uh, <laughs> email address or my uh, address in the, in the mail somewhere, mate. When I, when I heard this story, I, I thought it was a G up. I thought, no, no, you, yeah. you, can't, you can't be playing a test match the night before getting married because, I mean, what could possibly go wrong? Yeah, and he plays in one of the hardest positions on the field, you know, in the middle of the ruck. So, mate, and he puts his head where me and you wouldn't go, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, he's going he's gonna to have some... Um, um, damaged under his face, I'd say. But he um, he said to me he said to me yesterday that he's he might need a bit more makeup than his uh, missus before uh, the wedding. So, yeah. Well, here's the other thing, Gilly. I don't know if it's a stroke of genius or madness because he he's sort of getting out of well a lot of the planning, right? I mean, he just has yeah, to yeah. turn up on the day with the suit. Mate, he's smarter than us, and <laughs> isn't he? Because we. Uh, well, I didn't have much to do with my wedding either, mate, so I can't have a go at Reuben. So uh, it was all the um, the wife's doing. Yeah, so, yeah, no, he's a champion fella and, and um, you know, wish him all the best. But um, hopefully he can – well, he's, he's had to postpone his uh, honeymoon, see, as well. Of course. So, um, yeah, yeah, so he's um, – he told me he's going to um, Fiji – after the after the test series, so um, 
hopefully celebrating a victory for, for Australia as well. Exactly right. So hang on, well, step me through this, Gilly, before we get into the, the, the dynamics of playing footy. But he, he gets married Sunday. And then you're, you're yeah. in, are you in Melbourne next week or is there a week off in between games? Yeah, 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 yeah. We've got a few days off. So you'll get, get a couple of days off and then um, and back into, back into camp. So, um, yeah, so his wife will be happy about that. I was about to say, the, 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 the soon-to-be Mrs. Reuben Cotter, she's got to be stoked with, yeah. doesn't see him for a week leading up to the wedding, turns up on the wedding day, and then three days later he's out again. Well, he's he's not there yet, Ben. No, he hasn't. He's, he's, he hasn't turned up yet. So don't don't put the mock on him. All right. Well, let's let's talk about the week that's been in camp. You're in the Wit Sundays right now. Early Beach for a footy camp. That's normally where the end of season footy trips are, Gilly. Yeah, it is. And um, I'm um, I'm I'm with my um, great mate Mick McLean. Um, we're going to Bowen for lunch and we've just pulled up, been pulled over by the breathalyzer. <laughs> like on, on, the way on, the way to, on the way to lunch. Oh, Strew. Hang on. So you're with Mick McLean uh-huh. now? Yes. Yes. Oh, there's trouble right there. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, well, it's early. It's early, mate. So, um, yeah, no, we're on our way to Bowen at lunch. <laughs> <laughs> so you've said it. Sounds like you're pumped for it. Tell, tell us about the week, mate. You've got a few new faces, and, and from the way they were training yesterday, it looks like uh, Dylan, Edward, Dylan Edwards is going to make his debut for Australia on the wing. What what can you tell us about him and how he's fit into camp? Yeah, what a lovely fella. He's um, obviously behind Teddy, and he, he'll get his opportunity to, uh, you know, when when Teddy, uh, Teddy finishes up to to take the number one um, spot, you know, for Australia. So. Um, Hopefully stays injury free. I mean, what amazing year! I'm not, you know, I know we're talking about Australia, like Penrith, though. Like, you know, how good are they going? Mm. So, um, so yeah, no, he's been good, and uh, you know, the Hammer, uh, obviously, and, um, and a couple of the other boys as well come in there. Obviously, Katoni Stags, you know, Selwyn Cobbo, those blokes are slotted in there very well. And um, training is like they've been training together for for years. Actually, yesterday. Didn't put a ball down. Uh, it was windy, quite windy. And, uh, yeah, that was sensational. Yeah. Well, it's a rematch of the World Cup final, uh, isn't it, against Samoa? Who, who are yeah. missing, missing a, a few? I mean, Jerome Luai uh, isn't there for uh, for notable reasons because of his um, because of his shoulder. But what type of yeah? What what type of threat do they possess after a um, after a, a big year? Well, yeah, they'd be smarting, wouldn't they? Smarting from the uh, the World Cup loss, you know what I mean, as well. So, um, um, obviously, Australia number one in the world, and and that's you know, that's that's that has a tag on it, doesn't it? When you're number one, so they're they're um, obviously want to knock off a uh, knock off uh, us off, sorry. And um, I reckon the see where Australia normally, or this is just my take on it, that through a long tournament. Actually, we 90% of the time, we're the best team. But the one-off tests, you know what I mean, occasionally. You know, New Zealand have knocked off Australia um, sometimes as well. You know mm. what I mean, those one-off tests sometimes. So, mate, this is, this is a danger game, no doubt about it. So hopefully we can get off to a good start uh, through this little series. 
Well, it is a dry series between yourself, Samoa, and New Zealand. You head to Melbourne to play the Kiwis yeah. and then the, the finals over in Hamilton. And, and hopefully Australia will be there uh, swinging and fighting uh, when it comes to that tri-series final. Uh, Gilly, just, just before you came on, um, we played a bit of uh, your great mate, John Cartwright, uh, talking on Sports Day yesterday about the possibility yeah. of being the, the New South Wales coach. You, you know him in a coaching sense. You, you were right there beside him in the thick of things with the Titans. Uh, making prelim finals along the way. Would he be a good selection for New South Wales? We never like to give him a leg up, but... No, absolutely, mate. He would be a sensational coach for New South Wales. Carter, he, he's a great bloke. He's been there, done that. He's obviously been coaching for a long time. Helped the Cowboys, uh, you know, part of their first, you know, victory as well. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm... Yeah, I'm actually I'm a little bit concerned if he took over. <laughs> I'd like to... Might have to spike his food or something somewhere, but um, you know he's he's um, he's a good fella, Cardi, and um, obviously you know Queensland, New South Wales, it's not the it's not best of friends. So I mean he, he's he's he knows the the mentality about Origin, and you don't have to you don't have to overcoach him. You know what I mean? Like so, but you know Queensland have got such a um, dynamic uh, side at the moment, haven't we? You know what I mean? I, I, we said it during the year, Benny. Did, didn't we? That oh, I've never seen so many good forwards to pick from for yeah. Queensland. You know what I mean? So, and Tom Gilbert and a few of the, you know, a few other players come back again uh, this year. So, um, yeah, it's very scary um, for New South Wales. But Cardi, yeah, getting back to Cardi, yeah, he, he mate, he do a sensational job. So, good luck to him. What, what's his coaching, I guess, ethos, Gilly? What, what's what's his strength in the well, coaching? Well, mate, it, yeah, yeah, mate, he's. He's he's a lot calmer than 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 I realised. You know what I mean? When and, you know we played together, or we both played at Penrith together, and um, played against him. Um, and, you know, and and I didn't really like him when I was playing against him. <laughs> so, um, um, but he's, he's not. He's a hard bloke not to like, though, Cardi. Uh, so, I, yeah, I, I, the, the thing he, he's actually a lot calmer than I expected mm. when I first started um, coaching with him. Um, you know, because on the field he was, you know, pretty uh, ruthless, uh, which is good. Uh, but yeah, I think he, I, I think he'd do a sensational job for New South Wales, but hopefully not too good. And it'd be a change of direction too, because it's been a while so, since we've had someone involved in an NRL team uh, week in and week out, yes. involved in the coaching. Yeah, yeah. You know, we've had Mal, we've had Billy. Um, and Kevy and and even New South Wales, obviously with Freddie, that they haven't had that, yeah. you know, the week in week out NRL rigors. No, you're right because um, it, it it is taxing on your on your mentally and um, you know coaching Origin for sure, no doubt about it. But he's an assistant co- coach with Kevy, so it's probably not as taxing as a head coaching role. Um, so yeah, I, yeah, I don't know they. No, there's all talk about you know a different coaches, but I, yeah, I, I think he, he, he'd have to be uh, the number one pick for me. But I, I'm not going to help them, so. Um, <laughs> So I don't really care what they do. So, yeah. Good shout. I knew you'd come back to that somewhere, Gilly. I knew you'd come back yeah. to that somewhere. All right. Yeah, well, listen, um, you, you enjoy the rest of the week. We, we hope you do surface after spending the day with your old mate Mick McLean. And, <laughs> and, and good luck. I reckon put your hand up to be MC at Reuben Cotter's wedding. There's a surefire oh, way of getting an yeah. invite. Well, he had a, he had a, a little uh, quiet, quiet uh, little bucks party when we first got into um, – camp so and there's a couple of his mates 
from the Cowboys were there as well. So, uh, okay. but they got they got through that all right. So uh, hopefully you can get through the wedding, mate, um, unscathed. We we look we look forward to seeing him uh, battle it out for Australia and, and come through unscathed that face with no makeup no scars as well. Gilly, enjoy the rest of uh, your time up north and we uh, wish the kangaroos well. Trevor Gilmeister, assistant coach with Malmeninga's Kangaroos. Reuben Cotter, if you're just joining us for the first time today, is getting married Sunday, the day after playing a test match for Australia. Is it a moment of madness or is it a stroke of genius? The things you probably shouldn't do, but do anyway in the name of sport. 13 13 55 0467 736 736. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. Thanks for your company, absolutely, for lying this Tuesday morning. SENQ, your new home of sport in Queensland. 13 13 55 0467 736 736. If you want to be part of Queensland sports' biggest conversation, coming up in the next 10 minutes, we'll be speaking to basketball royalty, Andrew Gaze. The Bullets, they were firing more than shots against the Cairns Taipans at Nissan Arena. Uh, over the weekend, Aaron Baines, the big man, is in some hot water, or is he? Well, yes, he is. The NBL is investigating his confrontation with referees, but also, also the Taipans coach. Adam Ford is in hot water as well. There's new information coming to light about this. It's all to do with Baines being struck in the throat by a stray elbow. Uh, he had to be restrained by teammates and he said some pretty unsavory words to the referees. He was fired up. He was ready to, well, he was ready to rumble with the refs. Now, that, that in itself is not on. We know that, and Aaron Baines has apologised for that. The Bullets have come out in support of Baines and also said that his behaviour was not acceptable, but what happened afterwards, so we're led to believe, is also the centre of an investigation. It's what happened half-time in the tunnel as the teams come off, and we are hearing now via ESPN where the Bullets' senior advisor, Stu Lash, has expressed his displeasure, I suppose is a word, in Adam Ford's role in this alleged uh, altercation. Lash has said, this is in a statement provided to ESPN, that Adam Ford's behaviour during halftime of our game was unprofessional and unbecoming of a head coach in the NBL. For him to stand and wait outside our locker room with the direct intent to engage in a confrontation with Aaron Deserves multiple NBL game suspensions, in my opinion. There's a pattern of behaviour with Coach Ford that needs to be dealt with accordingly. If this was a player engaging in a confrontation with a coach, that player would have consequences and the same should be held true for a coach. Strong words coming out of the Bullets camp. As I said, firing more than shots, but it is uh, still an investigation, un uh, still under investigation by the NBL. They are sourcing CCTV vision from Nissan Arena over the alleged altercation down the tunnel at halftime. Uh, but also the broadcasters have the coaches mic'd up during the game. They actually had an audio feed of what happened. They didn't put it to air, but again, it's being investigated by the NBL. So it's a hot mic, if you like. They can hear exactly 
what happened. Andrew Gaze, to shed some more light on this, he was calling the game for ESPN uh, over the weekend, but also his stance too. I mean, we know it can get fiery on court. The Bullets were struggling at the time. Uh, and Aaron Baines fired up. Was it to fire up his teammates? A strange way of doing it, but maybe that was an implication behind it as well. Uh, testing times for the big man in the Bullets singlet. 13-13-55-0467-736-736. Text coming through, Chris. Thank you for this. Uh, a big hole in the Australian cricket team at present is Alex Carey. His glove work and especially his batting has been poor and notably since the Johnny Bairstow bust-up. Perhaps a change is needed soon as we know that the keeper controls the tempo of the side, and if he's not doing the job in that side, it can be affected overall. Thanks, Chris. Chris, thank you for those thoughts. It's thoughts that have been echoed by Tim Payne, former Australian captain and, we know, uh, keeper. He has the same concerns around... Alex Carey. Yeah, he's, he's been struggling. There's no doubt about that. He he doesn't look to be, again, it looks a mindset thing. We know how dangerous Alex can be, but he looks, oh, oh, I don't know, I was talking to someone about this the other day. I don't think he's looked the same since the Johnny Bairstow yeah. stumping, whether yep. that's had an effect on him mentally, because there's no doubt he copped an absolute barrel over there from, from everyone. I know it was a really difficult time for him and his family. He couldn't go out and have a coffee without copping abuse, but I don't know if it's if it's rattled him or his confidence has dropped off since, but certainly he's batting, barring one game in South Africa where I think he got 90-odd, he, he hasn't looked the same. And, and when I say that, doesn't look the same with his body language and his, tent, uh, his intent to go out and just take the game on from the start. So it'll uh, be interesting because Josh Inglis has been over there. He's been playing really, really well uh, in, in limited opportunities, and, and he's a a really damaging player and a good player of spin in, in his own right. So hopefully Alex can, can bounce back in the next game or two, but otherwise I think there might be a, a little bit of pressure starting to come on. Well, can you make a change mid-tournament for such an important role, a specialist role? Yeah, I think you have to. If if any role needs to be changed, you've got to have the courage to do it. There's no doubt about that. If something's not working, you, you've got to fix it. Um, and at the moment, I think it's probably fair to say that it, that it hasn't been working Um for a little bit of time in one day cricket, but we know how, how good he is. So maybe it's a it's a conversation that someone needs to have with him around his his mindset and how he's feeling and, and try and pick him up and, and get him going. Because I think you saw in the last World Cup in England, he was actually one of our key players. Uh, he adds a left-hander to the middle order, which is really important against spin when you when it's, you know, like last night, if, had he have got in against Jadeja, it would have been easier for him to play him than it was the right-handers. Um, so that's a key thing as well. Yeah, there we go. Tim Payne, it's a wonderful insight, isn't it? Uh, he was speaking on uh, our sister station down in Victoria, SEN, uh, with Tom Morris doing breakfast down there. It's an interesting point, isn't it? Do you change horses mid-race? I think the Australian selectors have got the balance right as far as our World Cup team is concerned. They, they had an ordinary game against India. And in World Cups, we know that ordinary games, you can get punished. How many more of those can they afford to have? Not many, if any. So if selectors haven't got it right, if you disagree with me and disagree with the selectors, who should come in? The only way someone can come in is via injury. You know, Josh Inglis had that golfing injury during the – when was that? The T20 World Cup last year, wasn't it? And mysteriously got replaced by Cameron Green. Mysteriously had an injury, right? So who do we kneecap? I mean, who – 
who do they bring in if there is an injury? We know Travis Head is waiting in the wings uh, with that broken hand back in Adelaide. Do they put a line through him? Can Or do they afford to sit it out and wait for him to return? Marcus Stoinis under an injury cloud. We know that his hamstring is not right, but it's close. We're hearing it's close. But we're stacked with all-rounders. I'm okay with that because they can support our big three fast bowlers and Adam Zampa in spin. Glenn Maxwell is a key to the spin. So he needs to step up. Or do you think there needs to be changes? I think we've got it right. If you disagree, happy to hear from you. But who should come in? Who's waiting in the wings? Who's sitting back here? Who's playing in Australia right now that should be at the World Cup? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. Uh, just looking at a few texts coming through on the uh, the things you probably shouldn't do but do anyway in the name of sport. Uh, Kev's out at Northgate. He said, I got threefer on the morning of my wedding. That's right. Played cricket in the morning, got married in the afternoon. No sweat at all. Reuben Cotter, go your hardest. Kev, thank you. Took threefer on his wedding day. Brilliant. Uh, no name on this text, but said, did you see Acker last night on SAS? The things you probably shouldn't do, but do anyway. Ooh, that's harsh, yeah. I did see Acker on SAS for the, what, hour that he lasted last night. SAS, one of the best shows on TV. And I'm not just saying that because it's on Channel 7. I'd actually watch it on any platform. It's an absolute ripper, SAS, isn't it? Of course it is. 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. 12 minutes past 10. Andrew Gay's on the other side of this NBL. There's a big investigation with the Bullets and their conduct and their big man, Aaron Baines. That's next. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. Yeah, we are doing it all thanks to Maccas this morning. Appreciate their support and their support of Grassroots Sport in Queensland with the Little Legends program. Uh, just having a look through the quiz coming up after 11. Another one of the answers you will need is three. There we go. The number three. Yeah? Yeah, exactly right. The number three. All right. We know the Bullets are in a bit of strife after the weekend. They've had such a great start to the season, but it was a sunshine stoush at Nissan Arena in more ways than one. The big man, Aaron Baines, took offence to getting an elbow in the throat, then took it out on the referees as well. So then, that cannot be condoned, that behaviour. But what happened next is under investigation too by the NBL. A confrontation, allegedly, down the tunnel with... Cairns coach, Adam Ford, who started it, who got in the middle of it. Well, that's what is investigated, or that's what's under investigation. A man who can maybe shed some light on us is our, from our own SEN family, and he was calling the game on ESPN on Saturday. Andrew Gaze is on the line. Gaze, very good morning to you. Firstly, can I just ask you, Aaron Baines and his conduct on court, not on, is it? No, it was disappointing, and uh, you know he's one of the marquee players of the competition. And within the Brisbane lineup, with his history and the experience he's had in the NBA and playing for Australia, he's very much a, a role model and will set the standards and be an integral part of the culture. And when you see one of your leaders uh, emotionally getting involved like he did, it, it, it can be quite alarming, and and and, it, and clearly it's disappointing. 
But uh, these things happen in sport. You know, the emotions can get the better of us, and it's how you deal with it. It um, is, is, can go a long way to uh, making sure that you minimise the impact of some of those emotional outbursts that you have from time to time. So out of character too. For those who know him quite well, they've all been saying this is not the Aaron Baines we know. He's the, the gentle giant, but also uh, he, he does and is more experienced enough to control his emotions, which leads me to think, Andrew, that there may have been a bit more in this than, than we could actually see or, or pick up with the TV cameras. Quite possibly. Uh, who knows? There's a lot of things that go on in the game that you don't see and there might be, be some uh, some some feedback that was provided between uh, some of the players and that, that can set you off. So, uh, but, but all we can do is judge on, on, on what we saw. And what we saw was a rebounding contest and, and there's no doubt that Latin Main, who was the player involved, uh, there was a raised elbow and, uh, you know, but these things, it wasn't over the top by any stretch. And, and clearly there was a reaction from Aaron Baines that, uh, that seemed disproportionate to what took place and unfortunately uh, it spilled over into the halftime break and into the the, 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 uh, the halls underneath the, the, the stands that, that lead to the to the change rooms and as I mentioned throughout the, the call this is probably if not the only one of very few where both teams exit and enter the, uh, the, the playing arena in the same tunnel so that's it, it, it that's usually not a problem, but when emotions are running high and there's been an incident, it, it's probably not a, a, a good uh, logistical setup that they have that that, um, that can cause these types of spillovers. And Andrew, that's what's being investigated right now. We, we know that CCTV is being sourced from Nissan Arena. That's heading to the NBL. We're also... We also know that Mike, the um, coaches are, are mic'd up during the game. So there is a, a live feed of a microphone on mm. both coaches. So that audio, whilst it didn't go to air, uh, is also being sourced by the NBL to investigate. And this is where it gets – and this is the new information too that, that sort of come to light in the last 24 hours or so. Um, ESPN have reported this, that Stu Lash, who's – well, the senior basketball advisor for the Bullets ha- has expressed his disappointment in yeah. in Adam Ford's behaviour. Now, again, this is mm. this is what ESPN are reporting as far as Stu mm. Lasher said. He was waiting by the door of the dressing room and, well, I'm paraphrasing here, but basically tried to pick a fight with Aaron Baines. Well, he, he certainly wanted, to, by the sound of things, wanted to express his opinion and provide Aaron with his feedback on what he thought took place. Mm. Um, and I think, based on the fact that uh, when we they came out from half time, that Aaron Baines had been ejected because of an incident that took place uh, in the hallway, then clearly something has happened. Now, we wait to see the vision. Uh, Rumour is that there was a level, and I don't know what level it got to, but there was a level of physical altercation between the two. And, and clearly that's not on. It's not on with, a play, with, with players are doing it. It's not on with the, when a, a coach is involved. And uh, the circumstances that, that led to it, whether or not he was waiting or wasn't waiting, whether it was just coincidental that they came out at the same time, uh, that remains to be to be resolved. But uh, bottom line is, there is an incident that took place, and if it was a, a physical altercation, then then clearly there needs to be 
um, further investigation and, and, and if they're proven to be correct, then there's going to be some ramifications for both the player and the coach, I would suspect. All right, well, we don't want to put the cart before the horse, but if it is proven, what are some of those ramifications? What, what should they be facing? Well, I think that, that what, as it happens with, with all sports, that it'll lead to suspensions uh, and possibly fines. Uh, so it's, you know, Stu Lash in that same, <laughs> same report, which is highly unusual. We see it in a lot of sports. There's generally a, an unwritten code about how you deal with these types of things, and it's one of the reasons the AFL and has made some changes in regards to when they used to have uh, tribunals, You'd see a player go in there and get whacked and there, there was this unwritten code that you'd, you'd, you'd go in there and say nothing. Now, I don't think we expect it to be like that and times certainly have changed, uh, but there is still a level of cooperation that you see. But with Stu Lash's comments, he came out and not only said that it was inappropriate, uh, but was recommending a, a, a level of suspension yeah. that, that should be enforced on Adam Ford. So... So clearly, there was he had a view that that uh, what took place warranted a, a a fairly significant penalty. Okay, so Gazy, you preempted my next question about breaking a code. Is, does yeah. that but but does that almost stamp how serious this must be for that code to be broken, or or is that is that just distant past? Is that <laughs> almost a romantic notion these days? <laughs> Yeah, well, well, I think that, that what you want out of all these circumstances is for people to be honest. And if you're honest and you've made a blue, uh, then then you you have to live with the consequences of that. Um, I think it can get a little murky because uh, sometimes individuals, they, they might be motivated by other um, other things that are going on and, and, and sometimes they may, may not be... Uh, providing accurate information on, on what took place uh, both ways, either underselling it or in some cases overselling it. So I think that now that those unwritten codes that we've seen in other sports, they are a thing of the past. Uh, and, and, and ultimately, we have to go through a process to find out what actually happened. And if there is some video evidence, usually that is quite compelling and um, you can get a, a, a more accurate assessment of what took place. Andrew Gay is my guest this morning. We are talking NBL, the Bullets. Uh, they were firing more than shots in the Sunshine Stoush against the Cairns Taipans over the weekend at Nissan Arena. It was their third game of the season, and they've been going well. That was their first loss as well. They've been impressive this year so far, haven't they, Andrew? Uh, they, they certainly have. And, uh, you know, the, the win they had in New Zealand was a, a, a win that I think the league stood up and said, well, this is going to be a different Brisbane team to what we've seen uh, over the last couple of seasons. I think they've recruited really well. Shannon Scott at the point guard position playing in the backcourt with Nathan, Nathan Sobey. Nathan Sobey with that backcourt partner is, is, is back to his, his form of a couple of years ago. Uh, Sam McDaniel, a huge pickup with uh, what he can do on the defensive end. And, uh, you know, they've got the, the young fella... Zakowski, who is, is a NBA, NBA player in the, in, in the making. So they've got some pieces that they've been able to, to, to put together here that, that make them really attractive. And, and I think there's genuine substance to what they're doing. And, and they are going to be a team that's, that's certainly um, a playoff contender. And it's a you know, right time, right moment. And if they can continue to grow, 
there's no reason why the Brisbane Bullets right now can't be a championship contender. Oh, I love the sound of that. And I love the sight of Nathan Sobey dunking. When that happens, you know yeah. that they, they are on. They are on. Hey, mate, thank you for the insight and expertise. Actually, before I let you go, I don't know whether yep. Aaron Baines actually falls under this, but we're, we're, I'm asking the question today that the things that you you know you shouldn't do, but you do them anyway yep. in the name of sport. Uh, Reuben Cotter, who's going to play a test match for Australia <laughs> Saturday night, yep. is getting married the next day. Uh, what could possibly go wrong? Um, anything that jumps to mind and, and th- that you've experienced? Oh, oh, I think there's many things, and some of them you don't want to talk about sure. because they, uh, the you know, ones. that you just go, your you, you judgment is just uh, a little off skew. And um, well, for me, I remember when my first child was born, the beautiful Courtney Gaze. Uh, I was in the hospital and I had a game that night. Now it wasn't an NBL game; it was a state league game, and I was. I mean, I shudder to even mention this to you and the, your audience. There is, uh, I actually contemplated leaving, um, uh, leaving the first <laughs> to make sure I could get to a game. So, um, uh, fortunately, common sense prevailed, and uh, and and as you know, anyone that's had a kid and been a part of it, yeah. uh, and you see your child birth, you, you, you're thinking, well, thank God, I, I didn't. Um, do something very stupid. So that was one that I avoided, and my wife still reminds me that she can't even avoid. The mere fact that I even contemplated that, I get a clip around the ears and a little slap on the nose. But um, but that was one that that we came close to, but never actually eventuated. No, it's a very good shout. Very good shout. Uh, 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 hey, Labor can drag on though, Gazy can't it? I mean, we we That's know. That's true. Yeah, and, <laughs> and and we and look, we're just mere passengers. I mean, what really? What can we do as well? Yeah, yeah. And for me, outside of uh, turning the turning the tens unit, the, the little tens unit up and down, there was not much more I could have really done other than scream my support. Yeah, we are never more helpless in our lives, uh, mate. Appreciate the appreciate the chat. Uh, we will talk again soon, Andrew. Andrew Gaze uh, dissecting the bullets and. Uh, yes, men in labour as well. Well, not men in labour, but being in part of the labour. Oh, yeah. See, wow. Yeah. We are. We're, we're never more useless than in a birthing suite. We've got to be there. And, I, 100%, and it is one of the greatest experiences ever. But after so many times of squeezing the hand and, and rubbing your head and back and, and giving words of encouragement, it, it's like you're just, oh, I'm useless here. I, I mean, really, what am I doing? I remember saying, and I do regret this to the day, and I'm going to say it again anyway, well, Again, a bit like Gazy's better half. Beck always reminds me about the time where I said, because I just run out of things to say and words of encouragement. And I said, come on, you can do this, babe. You've got this. You've got this. I mean, if Shane Webke can play, play a grand final with a broken arm, you can do this. Yep, I said it. I did. I said it. And I get reminded about it, oh, I don't know, once a week, maybe. The things we say and do... When we shouldn't, but we do them anyway. 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. That's probably just a bit too much information, isn't it? Uh, of course, you can catch all the NBL, the Bullets action, every single Bullets game this season, live on SENQ and the app as well. Download the app if you haven't already. What are you waiting for? Uh, they take on the defending champs, the Sydney Kings, Nissan Arena. It is Friday night. Our coverage on SEN starts at 6. Uh, Drury Forbes and the Hoff calling all that action. Oh, cube on Jovi because it is time for Vanessa's news.
25 degrees this Tuesday morning. Uh, some breaking news out of the world of AFL. It is trade period, as we know. North Melbourne defender Ben Mackay will be suiting up as a bomber for 2024. He is off to Essendon. North will receive pick number three as compensation. Yesterday, we know the Lions have secured their man. They're not really going to be aggressive in this trade period, but they have picked up a fairly handy acquisition in Tom Duday from uh, the Adelaide Crows. He is a defender. He is in the middle of recovering from his second ACL but they're confident of getting him back on the field middle of next year. Uh, this is Tom Ambrosio talking about Tom Duday, uh, Dom Ambrosio talking about Tom Duday uh, coming to the Lions. We obviously tracked him so, sort of from the back end of last year into the start of this year, uh, watched a lot of his footy, did a lot of medical due diligence, caught up with him, thought he was a fantastic, impressive human being. Thought he could really add to our group of uh, flexible, flexible and versatile defenders and... Um, we're hoping that obviously the free agency uh, goes through smoothly and Adelaide don't match and he becomes a Lions player very shortly. Obviously he'll miss half of next year with the second knee reconstruction. How much was that a factor in your pursuit of him? Oh, it was a consideration, but um, we're really backing the fact that we've got a, a fantastic medical and high performance team. We're really proud of them and the work they've done over the years. And we think that they can help Tom get right. And we think Tom's an absolute professional and he's got a track record of rehabbing from injuries really well. So we think that's going to be... Something that will hold him in good stead for the future. There we go, Dom Ambrosio, the list manager for the Brisbane Lions, uh, talking about their new acquisition. They're not really going in hard for the trade period except for that, so they do have their man, a defender, versatile. Uh, he also played state footy as a junior alongside Josh Dunkley. Josh Dunkley uh, rip, reckons he is an absolute ripper and will fit into the Lions' uh, den quite easily. Look, I know it's in the middle of trade period for the AFL, and it's so complicated, isn't it, trading? and all the different deals that are going on. But it got me thinking about trades overall, not just in AFL, but in any sport, your team, whatever it be. It can be cricket, can be NFL, can be NRL. If you were to trade someone in your team for someone else, who would it be? And would they have the currency to actually step up a trade? Broncos fans, I especially want to hear for you on this one. Who would you trade and why? You might say we don't need to trade, but if you can get it done in the big dance, who would enhance your team? In what position? 13, 13, 55, 0467 736 736. Not just in rugby league, as I said, it could be NFL, could be across the board, could be uh, football, soccer, uh, AFL. Who do you and should, could you trade from your team for someone else? If you had just one pick. One swap. But again, they've got to have a bit of currency and value behind it, don't they? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. You probably want to trade the entire Wallaby squad out, wouldn't you? Well, we're doing that. Uh, oh, hang on. Cal, what do you say? He's read my mind. This text just dropped right there. Reckon we could trade the 2023 World Cup Wallaby squad for the team of 91 or 99. That's a very good shout. Cal, thank you. Great minds think alike. It's something we'll be putting to Stephen Moore on the other side of this. But trading, if you could trade one player from your team for another, who would it be and why? 
I've got my thoughts on this with the Broncos. We'll hear him straight after this. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. Hello, darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. Oh, Slam and Sam, he is taking the Wallabies World Cup performance hard. Hello, darkness, my old friend. Surely it's not that bad, or is it? Uh, does the whole rugby program in Australia need to be blown up, start again, hit the reset button? And what are the quarterfinals looking like? Who will get through? It's an absolute feast of rugby if you can stomach it without the Wallabies. One man I know is taking it hard. He was over there. In fact, he is heading back to France later tonight. I speak none other than former Wallabies captain Stephen Moore, who joins me now on the line. Uh, Squeak, I'd like to say a very good morning to you, but there's still a pall hanging over uh, Aussies, isn't it? Um, The fact that there's no Wallabies outside of the pool stages. Yeah, definitely, Benny. Thanks for having me again, mate. Uh, I guess everyone's still you know, gathering themselves after the disappointment of, of the tournament uh, for Australia anyway. Whilst it's been a terrific tournament, you know, we always want the Wallabies to do well. And, you know, historically we've been there in the quarterfinals at this stage of the comp, but uh, not this time around, mate. So it's a good opportunity for us to uh, have a good look at, at how we've got to this position and, and what we need to do to, to get out of it, I guess. But not- I, it doesn't matter if it's in sport or in business, you need something almost catastrophic to happen for change to take place. I'm kind of glad we didn't make the quarterfinals because it actually allows us to go, right, something needs to happen. If we had scraped in, it would almost be like a pass mark, wouldn't it? Saying, well, we survived this and the change probably wouldn't be as brutal. Well, that, that's that's the way I'm looking at it. Do we need to blow everything up, start again, or is it tweaking at the edges? What do you What do you see now in the, I guess, the clear light of day, and what's happened over the the, the last three or four weeks that that needs to happen to Australian rugby to make us competitive for the next, well, the next World Cup and also the uh, the Lions tour. Yeah, it's a it's a really good point, and it's very difficult to say. Uh, it's sort of good we didn't make the quarterfinals. I, I find that pretty hard to to say. Me but, too. Uh, yeah, as everyone does, but. I think you're right. Sometimes it does take this kind of uh, moment for us to sit back and say, well, where to from here? And I guess there's the emotion and the immediacy of what's just happened. But then if you take a step back, there's the the overall strategy and the plan for the game in Australia is not something that we can fix overnight. It, it's going to take a lot of, a lot of involvement, uh, some detail, and probably a little bit of time to digest that to, to be able to come up with a really clear plan around how we rebuild the game from the ground up in Australia, because at the end of the day, that's what's needed. Uh, the game is at probably its greatest low at the moment, I think, both professionally and, you know, you look at the footprint of the game around Australia and uh, how the game's probably regressed over the last however many years and now is the time to be having these conversations. When you and I last spoke, um, you, you mentioned it, and it was it was more of a line, and I want to dig deeper into it now about about the conference, the conference, the uh, the provincial system at the moment, where we've got WA, we've got Melbourne again outside of rugby strongholds. We know that expansion is great, but if your nursery and your backyard and your main sort of states are not firing as well should we just mm. condense and bring back to the strongholds of New South Wales and Queensland? Is that something that needs to, to happen? 
Yeah, look, I, I'm always coming at this from the, the lens of, you know, being capital constrained and only having a certain amount of money to mm. spend on, on this end of the game. And I just think for the money we have spent, uh, particularly in the expansion teams of WA and Melbourne, uh, we haven't got the return that we would like to have got. And uh, I think that it's time to look at, you know, our base and where we can really be strong and where we can dominate uh, the winter codes and, if it's going to be anywhere, it's going to be in Queensland and New South Wales. And, and the Reds and the Waratahs haven't been competitive for a long time. So how do we make those teams stronger and in turn strengthen the game around the, those states? So, you know, I've, I've talked a lot about country rugby in Queensland and in New South Wales. And I think the money that we are putting into, say, the Force and the Rebels needs to be redirected uh, to the grassroots in WA and Victoria and South Australia and all the other uh, states around the country. But at the very pointy and that the professional end of the game, I think we need to contract that and really streamline that so that we've got fewer pathways and we've got much more control about where a player goes or, or a young player goes from school through to club, through to Super Rugby and then ultimately through to the Wallabies. That, at the moment, we, we don't have good visibility or control of that because of our footprint. And I think there's been a lot of money wasted. And a good example is the Melbourne Rebels, for example. A lot of their players are coming back to play club rugby in Brisbane. Uh, so for me, I'm just asking, well, why are they down there in the first place? Why, why aren't we, haven't we got them up here full time? So that we've got full control over their programming, uh, that, that whole pathway from school right through to Wallabies, uh, we, we need to be really clear. And at the moment, that's a little bit all over the shop. Mate, I love what you're saying. And, and I think there's a lot of strength in it. One of the stumbling blocks that I can see straight up, though, is broadcast deals. I mean, they want more teams. They want more content. How do you appease them if you're scaling back? Yeah, then that's the sticking point, isn't it? But uh, I guess the argument to that is that the quality of content that we're getting at the moment is is poor. There's too many ordinary games, uh, one-sided games, particularly when we're playing the Kiwi sides as well. Um, so whilst we might have a lot of content in Super Rugby, the quality of it is really questionable. And I think that's that's something that the broadcasters need to be really clear on is, is that do we have less content but higher quality? Uh, or is it worth looking at the club competition and what that looks like, uh, you know, an FA Cup style format? I, I don't know the answer to it. Uh, as I said, the broadcast piece is one of those wicked problems that will take more than a, a phone conversation to, to solve. And, you know, people from all around the game are broadcasting the, the media landscape, but also, uh, you, you know, all of our provincial teams and then all the club teams as well need to have input into what the game looks like from top to bottom. That right there, folks, is why he's one of the best thinkers in the game. Stephen Moore is giving front rowers a bad name by actually getting in and being intellectual and thinking about it, Squeak. I can say that from being a former front rower myself. <laughs> hey, um, an incredible honour for you. I mentioned the fact that you are heading back to France tonight. In fact, you're, you're flying out. Um, but it is to be over there for the World Cup. And, and as I said, an incredible honour bestowed upon you and, uh, and your fellow centurions. Yeah, that's right, Benny. On Thursday night in Paris, there's there's a dinner uh, for all the, the players from around the world that have played 100 tests, and uh, I think they're hoping to get a really good turnout to that. So uh, I guess when you retire and it's all said and done, these are the kind of things that, that make it all worthwhile when you get to catch up with, with people from all around the world. 
uh, and reminisce on those times and good and bad. So I'm really looking forward to that. I think there's a few Aussies going to be there. Uh, I think Greggs will be there and, and Sharpie and a few others. So I'm uh, really looking forward to catching up with some old mates and also some players that, you know, we spent so long on the other side of the fence. But now as retired players, you come together and, and you can have a laugh and enjoy each other's company. So those kind of things are, are what's great about World Cups. Outstanding stuff. You'll be uh, you'll be uh, sport by some great rugby as well. What about this quarterfinal? So you, you've got uh, Ireland and New Zealand, France and South Africa. I mean, it sounds like they should be semifinals or they could be World Cup finals. Yet yeah. two of those teams, it'll be over and out after this weekend. Yeah, it's hard to believe, isn't it? I think there's been a lot said about the draw and, and they – for people that don't know, they do the draw quite a way out from the actual tournament. So the pools are decided well in advance of the tournament, which can sometimes distort who plays who. And, and the rankings on the day are very different to what they might have been like two years ago. So the way it's worked out, we've got the top four teams on the same side. So as you say, those two test matches this weekend will be uh, two test matches for the ages, I think. Uh, you got the hosts playing South Africa, who in many people's eyes are, are the favourites. So France, South Africa, and then on Sunday, the All Blacks play Ireland, who you know, have probably been the form team in the competition in Ireland. And for anyone that's watched it, they, their sort of fan base just continues to grow as the tournament goes on and incredible scenes in Ireland and also in Paris for, for where they've played their last couple of games. So... Uh, those two test matches will be titanic battles. And I'm really looking forward to actually being over there for those. Uh, and for anyone who, even if you're not a rugby fan, um, jump on and, and watch those two games. It'll be well worthwhile. Wales, Argentina and England, Fiji are the other two quarters. Who gets it done out of the All Blacks and Ireland? Oh, look, I think that... It, oh, look, it's just... It, it's a toss of a coin, Ben. I think it really is. I think... If New Zealand play at their best, like we saw when they played South Africa in New Zealand this year, then they can beat anyone in the world, um, sometimes pretty comfortably. So, But Ireland have just been really consistent the last few years. I think they've won 17 test matches in a row. So they have shown their ability to play at a high level week week on week, and, and they'll be sort of mentioning that, I suppose, this week in training. And I think Ireland will win the game. I think it's their time. I think that everything's going in their favour. Got a terrific support base over there, and uh, I think they'll get the job done. Uh, and before time beats us, we're going to get about 30 seconds. France, South Africa, who do you see getting the chocolates? Uh, well, I'll tip South Africa to win the tournament, so I guess I have to tip them <laughs> to win this game, otherwise, they won't be winning the tournament. So, uh, but once again, toss of a coin, France. We don't know if DuPont's going to play, who's their inspirational yeah. skipper. He's probably the best player in the world on his day, but he's had a fractured uh, eye socket, so. He's coming back from that. So I think South Africa will, will be uh, too good on the day. That They really thrive on these big test matches and this certainly be, will be one of those. Stephen Moore, always a pleasure. Enjoy uh, the other side of the world. Stephen Moore, former Wallabies captain, we're seven away from 11. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ.
I did ask Slam and Sam to lift the mood. Yes, it was something that we had to swallow our medicine and hear about the state of Australian rugby. So does that lift the mood? Hey, baby, yeah, nice one. Who sings that, Sammy? DJ Otzi. I thought it was Pitbull or something else, but, yeah, I've learned something new today as well. All right, there we go, DJ Otzi. Uh, 13, 13, 55, that's the number you need right now for the quiz. That's right, we've got the $100 voucher up for grabs. The question you need... Who did Australia lose their opening ODI World Cup match to on Sunday? Who was it? 13-13-55. You know how it works. The first five callers through do get a second chance because strategy comes into play when you've got to answer the ten questions. Last man standing. $100 voucher coming your way. Matt Hayden also in the final hour as well. Speaking of World Cup. But who did Australia get beaten by in their World Cup opener? It's 11 o'clock. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. Matthew Hayden standing by in India. Mark Bickley standing by in South Australia to step us through the Lions' new acquisition. But before we do any of that, let's do this. Ten questions, one winner. Time for Morning's Quiz Whiz. And now here's our very cheap version of Tony Barber, Benny Davis. Ah, yes. Four minutes past 11 every Tuesday. Set your alarm for it. Are you our quiz whiz? Ten questions. The last man standing on question 10 will get the prize of all prizes. It is a $100 voucher to Archie's Footwear. Have you heard of Archie's? They are fantastic. They're thongs, but not like you've ever known thongs before. Uh, no plugs, so no blowouts. And they are so comfy, you will never take them off. If you've got hip problems or back problems, even foot problems, these are the orthopedically designed thongs for you. $100 yeah. voucher. For, yeah, no, Dane, exactly. You'll probably need them too. Archie's footwear. Uh, the lines are lighting up, which is great. The question that you needed to get into who did Australia lose their opening ODI World Cup match to on Sunday night? Uh, Lucas was quick off the trigger. Lucas, a very good morning to you. Where are you calling in from? Hey, uh, from Gilberton. Gilberton? Gilberton? Whereabouts is Gilberton? Yeah, uh, in between Yatla and Jacob as well. Oh, I knew that. Gilberton. In the cane fields in there. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> Not many people yes. live in this area. <laughs> <laughs> Not many people know it. I know that's good. It's a quiet part of the world, unless you're near the track at Norwell, then it can get fairly loud too at the uh, at the race. <laughs> that's right. Beautiful. All right, mate. Well, let's rip into it. Question number one: uh, Who did Australia lose to in their opening ODI World Cup clash on Sunday? India. Yes, indeed. India. All right. Question number two. Two Brisbane Broncos are set to make their Kangaroos debut against Samoa on Saturday. Who are they? Uh, that would be uh, Katoni Staggs and is it Cobo? 
Yes, it is. Yes, on the right side, that right edge, uh, which is, yeah. yeah, exactly, keeping that club combination together. All right, question number three. Uh, well, I've mentioned V8s just before. I hope you like your cars. How many Bathurst 1000s does Shane Van Gisbergen have after winning on Sunday? Uh, he won his third, I think, didn't he? He did. You, just like uh, the Jews are flying. All right, question number four. Which which year did the Wallabies last fail to qualify for the quarters at a Rugby World Cup? Um, it's never happened, I think. <laughs> Lucas, well done. That was a trick question. Duh, you just picked it straight up and ran with it. All right, question number five. Uh, name the Aussie driver. Who won their first F1 race in Qatar over the weekend? Uh, Oscar Piastri. Yes, indeed. What about this? You are absolutely screaming through this. You've got Greg at Mango Hill who's death riding you. He's holding on. He's next cab off the rank. Uh, Question number six. Who hit the winning runs in Queensland's one-day cup victory yesterday over New South Wales at North Sydney Oval? Yeah, I think that would have been Kane Richardson. <laughs> it was. And, well done. It was one and, of the clues. Gurinder, yeah. Yeah. Actually, Sandu uh, was at the other end too. I'll just add that. He was the non-striker. Mate, that's fantastic. I wish I could give you a bonus point, but but I can't. Wow. <laughs> I, I was watching it yesterday, and it was one of the most remarkable companies. They shouldn't have won. They should not have won Queensland, but they did. The Bulls, they find a way of doing it. It was a record 10th wicket partnership of 73 <laughs> between the unlikely uh, heroes of Sandu and Richardson. All right, Lucas, you know your stuff. Do you know your basketball? Because question number seven is around the Brisbane Bullet star who was ejected after an altercation against the Cairns Taipans on Saturday night. Who am I speaking of? Oh, yeah, no, I don't know my basketball. Um, nah, I don't, I don't know. I'll, yeah, I've got nothing with that one. Oh, Lucas. All right. Well, you know what? Because you were the first caller through, the top five callers get a second chance. So, Lucas, you're out on question number seven, but you do get a chance to call back. That's if Greg doesn't come through and steal the thunder. He is hanging on there. Greg, very good morning to you. How's Mango Hill looking uh, this Tuesday? No, nice today, mate. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Do you know your basketball? Which bullet star was ejected? from the Sunshine Stoush against Cairns over the weekend? He might get this one right. <laughs> I'm not a buzz. Uh, I'm <laughs> going to guess and say Sobe. Oh, no, it wasn't Nathan Sobe. Uh, very close, but guess what? Greg gets to call back as well because what about the way Lucas was flying there? All the other callers dropped off. They thought there may be a clean sweep. But, Lucas, you've jumped back on. Everyone else has deserted you because you thought that – they must have thought that you were just going to clean sweep this. All right, you've, you've had <laughs> – you're going to get a second chance at this. Okay. It's not Nathan Sobey, as we just heard from Greg. Any idea? We spoke to Gazy about it half an hour ago. Oh, no, about 40 minutes ago. Um, was it Aaron Baines? It was Aaron Baines. There we go. We are back, Lucas. All right. You've got three to go. We're talking trade period in AFL right now. This, To me, this is the toughest question of the lot. I don't know what it's doing at question eight, but here we are. This is where we find ourselves. During the trade period at the end of the 2009 AFL season, 
The Lions yep. traded for which star full forward? Who came to the club? Was it? Oh, I'm just going to guess. Was it for Vol? Friend of Vol? Yes, it was. Oh, yeah. It was. And for about four weeks, the Fev and Brown combination up front were going gangbusters. And then the wheels fell <laughs> off. Um, all right. <laughs> Question number nine. Name the Broncos legend who has the most appearances for the Kangaroos. So which Bronco has got the most test caps? Oh, I'm going to have to say Darren Lockyer. It's the most obvious yeah. one, isn't it? Yes. You are one yeah, question think. away, Lucas. And this, I can tell you, is an absolute ripper. Archie's footwear, $100 voucher going to... And it sounds like, oh, you're just getting a pair of thongs. uh uh-uh. No, these are much more than thongs. They are so comfy, you'll never want to take them off. And if you've got any hip or back problems, feet problems, these are the orthopedically designed thongs for you. If you can answer this question, mate. Question number 10. Who did Australia beat to win the 2015 Cricket One Day World Cup at the MCG? Oh, I'm sure it was New Zealand, wasn't it? Lucas, you're telling the story. Yes, it was the Kiwis. For those who were there on that day, Mitchell Stark getting Brendan McCullum first ball. That's right. I've heard those there saying they've never heard a louder roar in their life. A hundred thousand, and Stark cleans up Baz and with the and an electric ball. But you know what? You've cleaned up on the quiz, Lucas. What about you? Flying through. And, and you know what? Everyone else had faith in you too because they deserted after you hit about question seven. But that's when almost the wheels fell off. Mate, coming your way, that $100 voucher, all thanks to Archie's. Archie's thongs, Archie's footwear. They are so comfy. You'll never want to take them off. Brilliant stuff uh, coming your way. Uh, thank you for playing. We're going to do it again next Tuesday as well. But you know what else we've got up for grabs today? We have still got drinks or dinner on us at the Waterloo Bay Hotel. It's your ultimate venue for celebrations. Uh, corporate events. Hey, we know Christmas is around the corner. Unforgettable memories. You visit them at waterloobayhotel.com.au. Go into the best caller or the texter. Texter? Texter. Person who texts in of the day. 13 13 55. We cleared the competition line. It's now back open to the open line to you or 0467 736 736. Uh, Paul has sent through this text on trades. He said, G'day, Benny. I'd swap Willison. For Big Tino. Come on, that's ridiculous. No. There's got to be an investigation into this. This has got to be, someone's got to be accountable for this. <laughs> Tooves, calm your farm. I reckon that's a good shout by Paul. Xavier Willison is an up and coming talent, but Big Tino is the Titans captain, he's a test player, and he's one of the best forwards going around. The only problem is, I don't know if the Titans would take that trade. I'm pretty sure they wouldn't. But, hey, you know what? You've got to try, don't you? Adam's out at Morningside. He said, the big one for me, I'd trade Cobbo to get Farnworth back. I think Broncos fans don't know the impact of no Farnworth, no Flegler. Just saying, I know it's in 2023, and we won't find out till the start of 2024, but I think they're big losses. Adam, you might be onto something. 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. Uh, a trade period in AFL, yes. But if you had to trade one player from your footy team, not, not AFL, 
NRL, NFL. It may be A-League. It may be Premier League. It may be the Wallabies. And only one player, please. <laughs> Who would you trade out or tra- actually cricket? It's part of the question I'm asking you for today. I think selectors have got it right for the World Cup. They've got a good balance there. It's just up to our all-rounders to fire up. But if you disagree, who should come in? Who should go out for the Australian one-day team? Again, it can only happen if there's an injury. So someone needs to be kneecapped or they need to put a line through either Travis Head, who's battling injury, or Marcus Stoinis, who we know has got that hamstring. Getting close to being fit. But who would you trade out and trade in? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. Dinner or drinks on us at the Waterloo Bay Hotel. It's something I'll be putting to Matty Hayden in about 20 minutes' time from India. But next we are going to talk AFL. I want to get more of a lowdown on Tom Dode. He's coming to the Lions. Who is he? What's he about? We'll ask someone from Adelaide next. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. Slam and Sam coming in clutch with a bit of counting crows. And it's exactly what we are doing at the Brisbane Lions as of 2024. Tom, now it's due day, right? And there was conjecture during the ad break that they wanted to go back to the bunker to say how I said his name previously. It was due day. Tom due day is coming to the Lions. That's right. Hmm. So who is Tom Duday? We know that he is, uh, well, has had a couple of knee issues. In fact, he's going through one now, his second ACL. Uh, but from all reports, he's an amazing defender, but more importantly, an amazing bloke. Josh Dunkley used to play with him uh, at the Victorian level under 18s. He's given him a big tick of approval. And in my eyes, that's good enough for me. But what about someone who's been there and done it before as part of the Adelaide Crows? I'm sure he's pretty sad to see him go, but we've got former Crows captain uh, on the line, Mark Bickley. He's part of uh, the SEN family as well. Mark, a very good morning to you. Um, how are the Crows taking this? Tom Duda heading to the Lions. Yeah, good morning, Ben. Uh, look, obviously, you never like losing quality players, and as you said, a quality person as well. But, but I guess in the end, Adelaide weren't, uh, weren't keen to, to offer a, a five-year contract after on the back of his uh, second knee reconstruction. So they were a little bit more conservative with it. And in the absence of that, um, I think Tom was uh, was keen to explore his options and, and Brisbane were really comfortable doing that. They, they recognise that he's um, a top player that's really important to them. He's an intercepting defender. He's, he's super courageous in the air. So, look, he'll be an asset to the Brisbane Lions. There's no doubt about that. Well, that's the thing. When we when we talk about defenders, they normally don't feature in highlights unless they do something like a Harris Andrews and pull off nine marks in a, in a grand final. But is that the type of player he is? Because we know we know Brisbane's defensive line is uh, well. Daniel Rich has has retired, and we don't know how long Darcy Gardner's got left in him. I don't want to death ride him at all, but but we we know that that's I guess generating. Um, uh, generating competition for the future when he does come back from that second knee? Yeah, look, I think it's um, it's more so around, if you think of Harris Andrew and you think of Jack Payne, they're, they're sort of lockdown players. 
Uh, I think what you're getting, even Stasevich is a bit more of a lockdown player as well. I think what you get with Tom, a bit more offense, and, and he's a bit more versatile in terms of, you know, he's not super tall, so he, he's probably your third tall defender. He's not going to play on the, the big gorillas in, in the forward line, but he can play on the smalls because he's got good speed. He can play on, you know, that, that third tall forward as well. But he's also going to, um, you know, intercept when the ball comes in long. So Harris Andrews is a great mark, and he's an intercept yeah. spoiler, but you'll also get a little bit of Tom Duda if, if Harris Andrews gets dragged deep. You've still got someone like Duda who can uh, help out in the air and, and provide some, some rebound from your defence. Well, and that, that's the big thing we, we've seen with the Lions, and I guess the modern-day footy is that your offence starts from that half-back line. We, we've had uh, – Brisbane had a lot of success with um, – with Connor McKenna, Kitty Coleman as well, and Ryan Lester yeah. doing a role. Ryan Lester, I, I, I love Ryan Lester. He's been he's been dropped more times than anyone I think on an AFL list, and just keeps <laughs> continuing to fight his way back. He's going to be around for another year. They've been, I think he's been offered six or seven one year deals in a row, uh, but maybe this is uh, again looking to the future after Ryan Lester. Uh, uh, and yeah, hangs them up. Yeah, they're similar sort of stature in terms of size and, and profile of player that they can play on. And, look, at a pinch, they, they're often called to play on, you know, bigger and taller players and sometimes even the smaller guys. So that, they, they offers that, that versatility. And um, as you said in the, uh, the opener there, like, Tom is, is such a quality person. He's got huge character and integrity. He was, um, he's been the stand-in skipper, you know, on a number of games when at different stages Sloan and and Walker without injured, so that's that's the regard he was he was held in. And before um, uh, Jordan Dawson was made the skipper, he was one of the leading contenders. So you know you're going to get that that leadership and fullness and calmness that that those leaders provide. So uh, that's that's the added bonus of when you get a quality footballer who's a quality person, they bring that leadership aspect as well. Mark, should we be worried about his knees? Look, I think it's a bit of a crystal ball, isn't it? Um, he certainly came back after the first one and, you know, got back into some really good form and uh, and it didn't seem to hamper him too much. I, I just wonder, I'm not sure, but um, I'm not sure what the uh, the numbers are like or the data's like about blokes coming back from a second one and whether that they lose any speed or spring or any of those type of things. But there is, there's got to be an element of risk that, that comes with having done it done two knee reconstructions, but you know, I reckon uh, that risk has reduced significantly in the last probably five or ten years, what it used to be. A knee reconstruction is now almost a part of playing footy for, for most professional players. At some stage, if you play for, for 10 or 12 years as a you know a, an elite junior and then through into senior footy, you're going to have that knee injury. That's what the likelihood says. And most players come back reasonably strong from them. So, you know, I know for a fact, I spoke to Tom on Saturday night at the Crows Best and Fairest, and his rehab's coming along really well. He's over the moon with how quickly he's progressed. So he's been down at, at um, the Crows facility most days doing, you know, a lot of the hard work. So he's up and moving and about. So, you know, he did it around about round 13 or 14. So if anyone's going to get back in, in, you know, 10 or 11 months, it'll be Tom Duda, which means he... He may only miss the first 
half a dozen games of the year, which will be a real bonus for Brisbane. Yeah, bonus indeed. Mate, thank you for stepping us through uh, our new recruit up here in Brisbane. I know it is a loss for the Crows. It is Brisbane's gain, and uh, maybe, just maybe, he is playing in a grand final uh, next year as well. Mark, appreciate your time, and we will talk again soon. Mark Bickley, uh, the dual premiership winning captain of the Crows and part of the SEN family uh, hosting Brecky down there in Adelaide. Look, there's one thing we do know that the, the Lions medicos and the Lions and their staff just, just have a habit of rehabbing players that normally struggle. I mean, you look at someone like Lincoln McCarthy, even Joe Danaher, who was struggling down south with their injuries, come to Brisbane and all of a sudden flourish. They're playing game after game after game. So there is something definitely in the water, but I'd say it's more to do with the Lions rehab staff uh, when players do travel north. So no dramas in my books with uh, Tom's knees. And, and they were separate knees as well. Did his right, now he's left. 13-13-55-0467-736-736. Uh, uh, that's the number to be involved in Queensland Sports' biggest conversation. Just looking through some of these text messages here about the... Well, about who you would trade, who you'd trade for the Australian cricket team, or are you happy with the World Cup selections? I am. I think we've got the balance right. I'm, I love how our quicks perform in India. I know so many say, oh, it's a spinning wicket and we've got to have the spin to win mentality in India. But you know what? Our quicks have been there and done it before. And you go all the way back to 1996. Damien Fleming comes in and makes his World Cup debut, takes career best figures in Mumbai, five for 36. You look at the 2004 test series over there where our quicks blew India away. I'm talking McGrath, Kaspervic, Gillespie. They took 45 of the 70 wickets on offer. Our quick cartel, led by the big three, Hazelwood, the world's number two ranked one-day bowler, Stark and Cummins, they can get the job done. They had an off night. Not the Quicks, but Australia had an off night against India. The Quicks actually did their job. They had India on their knees. Three for two. Should have been four for 20. If Mitch Marsh remembered he was catching a cricket ball rather than a football, trying to take a chess mark. Could have had Coley out for 12. Instead, he goes on and makes the winning partnership with Raul. But if you disagree and I'm happy to take your call on this, who should come in? If the selectors have got it wrong for the World Cup, who should come in? 131355-0467-736-736. They'd have to rule a line through someone on injury. You know, Marcus Stoinis is nursing that uh, hamstring. Uh, could be back for South Africa on Thursday. Travis Head, part of the squad, sitting at home in Adelaide, waiting for his broken hand to mend. Should they rule a line through him? I mean, we bat deep. That's one of the big things we do do. But we need to make sure that our all-rounders are firing because that's the key to the big three quicks and also Adam Zampa, who, in my opinion, is out of form. He's had a lean 2023. We are putting our spinning hopes on him, but Glenn Maxwell's there. I know there's shouts to bring Nathan Lyon into the team, but come on. I know he's the GOAT. But he hasn't played a one-day international since the last World Cup, 2019. If we're forced to make a change, I'd be bringing in Matty Coonham, the Queenslander. Oh, take your maroon-coloured glasses off, Betty. No way. Left armour, 
had success on the subcontinent and they haven't seen much of him. Matty Kuhneman, Matty Kuhneman, stand and deliver. But I think they've got it right. You may disagree. 13, 13, 55, 0, 4, 6, 7, 7, 3, 6, 7, 3, 6. It's 11.31. Let's get a news hit with Vanessa. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. Uh, 11.41, thanks for your company this Tuesday morning. Uh, Technical difficulties get on to ADOS in India, but that's all right. We'll get them resolved very shortly. Um, speaking of India, there is going to be a big call made this week by the IOC, who happen to be having their next meeting in Mumbai. Yes, when there's a World Cup in town. It is to do with the games of LA 28 and then Brisbane 32, and it's about bringing cricket back into the Olympic fold. Now, you and I have spoken about this before. This is nothing new. The vote was supposed to take place in London about a month to six weeks ago, but it was postponed until now. Coincidentally, there's a World Cup on. It's one day is, and they're talking about playing T20s uh, at the Olympics, just like they've done with the Commonwealth Games. We know the Aussie girls got the gold medal there. It's also been played, not the T20 format, but one day have been played in the Commonwealth Games back in 19, it was at 98. Yeah, that's right, in Delhi. And that's where Andy Bickle holds his silver medal from too. That's Australia. We've had a great success in this. Last time it was in the Olympics was Paris in 1900. So it's been 128 years, or it will be, if it does come into L.A. Cricket in L.A. What? Really? America? Yeah, well, we know it's to get the eyeballs of India and the southern continent or the subcontinent uh, into the Olympics as well. So it's a fairly shrewd play. What it does mean, though, for Queensland and Brisbane is it does give a leg up to Queensland cricket's argument that Alan Borderfield needs to have an upgrade, another upgrade, and be redeveloped because all of a sudden if cricket is in the Olympics, that is something that they'll be pushing for to become an Olympic venue. I know there's a big decision to be made here in this city and it will be happening in the next month about uh, where the AFL and cricket is going to be played when the Gabba gets knocked down. The RNA in the front running right now. But Allen Border Oval, Allen Border Field, I should say, uh, could get a kick along if all of a sudden cricket becomes an Olympic sport. Uh, 13 13 55 Let me see. Do we have Hados on the line there? Uh, Matty Hayden, a very good morning to you. What part of India do we find yeah. you in? Hyderabad, the home of biryanis. Very early morning, but it's good morning. <laughs> thank you for thank you for taking the call, Hados. It's always good to talk to you, mate. Um, I've I've been arguing this morning, and I'm hope I'm, I'm hoping you're not, but I'm prepared for you to shoot me down that I think Australian selectors actually have got it right with the team that we've got at the World Cup at the moment. Even though we only have one frontline spinner who is in questionable form at the moment, it comes down to our all rounders. How do you see the team that we have selected for Australia in the World Cup? Uh, yeah, I, Benny, I'm not going to argue with you. I don't think that we've sort of with Ted injured, and that's a that's quite a substantial injury to our batting lineup. I sense because we've got a middle order that's a solid middle middle order. They're a world class batting middle order in, in Smith and Lavers, 
Um, the only thing is, which which I get concerned about is, um, uh, it has to be a, a dominant performance to win a World Cup. It, it can't be, oh, we might get through with certain key performances. And from, from mine, they're, they're just a little timid. Uh, Smith knows how to play exactly. You can afford one option there, you know, where you can build an innings over a long period of time, and, and he has had that ability to do it. When you've got two similar players um, that do something that's really the same role, batting three and four, you can't afford to get behind the eight ball in Indian conditions because the middle overs are very, very difficult. And we saw that, didn't we, in Chennai? I mean, didn't get off to a great power power play start. Mm. Those first 10 overs, Davey Warner has been doing an excellent job since the last cycle in this cycle of the World Cup. Um, and most of the teams are going to really target that, those first 10 overs and they're going to hope to be, you know, scoring rates of around about six, even maybe seven runs and over inside that power play. So suddenly you're sort of 70 on the board after 10. But how many wickets down are you? And, that, and that's where the sides will, on the day, win or lose um, that intro phase. But then a lot of the middle order that we have as well, it, it, it has to then go right. I've got to take the bull by the horns here, not wait, and therefore put a lot of pressure on our all-rounders. You know, your Stoinis um, and also your Cameron Green. And I, and I sense where we did get it wrong, Benny, is that unless there's something that we don't know about Marcus Stoinis, I think that he needs to play ahead of Green. Um, so I'm sort of suspecting that there must be an injury concern because I don't think Cameron Green is our first picked um, all-rounder. You've got Marsh and you've got Stoinis who, who have established themselves in this team over this World Cup cycle and have won us games of cricket as well, you know, Think back to the T20 World Cup. You mm. know, no, no Marcus Stoinis, no World Cup. Really, that's how good he was. So, yeah, all in all, it's pretty good. Um, it's spinning department. We, 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 you know, we just don't have any other options. Nathan Lyon, um, he hasn't been in consideration, has he, for a long time? You've seen how India respect, you know, their champion off spinner in, in. Um, are Ashwin, um, a bona fide spinner. He's not really renowned for his fielding and, and is a handy bat. Um, so he sort of plays as, a, as an all-rounder as such, but they just value that, that genuine spin option because part-timers generally travel here in India, especially against the subcontinental teams. They've got zero, zero form. When they came out of their mother's womb, suddenly they had... They had someone bowling off spin to them. I'm sure of it because they just don't care. They're, they're dismissive, and they and they just own that territory. You're right on Nathan Lyon. So he's the best, it, is what I'm saying. Yeah, and, and look, Nathan Lyon hasn't played a one day international since the last World Cup. Twenty twenty nineteen was his last, and we know he's coming back from injury. Correct. So. 
I, I don't know if he is the answer if we do need to change one. Um, there's a bloke bowling here for Queensland who's had a bit of success at the international level in India and Matt Kuhneman, mm. um, who would be yeah. one of my first picks to, to get over there if we needed to change things up, if we didn't have that ability uh, or we needed a, mm. a backup spinner. But then who do you rule the line through? You mentioned Stoinis. We we know he's he's got a hamstring, which they're nursing through and, and hopefully not too far away. How important is getting a win over South Africa? I mean, I know they're all important wins, but if we are two mm. down you know, after after two matches, if we're 0-2, how much of a struggle is it to make that top four? Because if it's not top four, it's out the door, isn't it, at this World Cup? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. It's round-robin phase, and you've just got to be up in that in that top four you, or you're done and dusted. Look, every game, as you say, is, is important, Benny. There's, there's no doubt about that. Um, it's as much about just creating the own your own momentum and energy and and look Australia came up against the favourites of the World Cup in my opinion India mm. and they not only came up against them they came up against them in the house of pain here in India and that's Chennai there's, it can't be there and potentially luck now we don't know how luck now is going to play during the IPL it was just awful it was slow and slow and it was you know it was it was it was just a terrible, terrible wicket, and they've relayed it. So we're kind of a bit in the dark around how it is that we're going to, what we're going to face in those conditions, and that's where Australia go as well. Um, again, Marcus Thorne is hopefully he's fit because he, he played for LSG as well. So that was their, <coughs> pardon me, that was their home um, ground, and even they struggled on it. Kale Rahul, who's a master player, has been struggled on. It. So look, it's going to be tough that next venue. Um, and South Africa actually got a decent spin unit, unit as well. They didn't play Shamsu the other night, but he's a decent player, decent bowler. Um, and they look good too, you know. We, what a score. The ceiling is a 400-plus yeah. runs again. Um, broken 300s in that game. Um, just quality quality uh, effort from South Africa. Just didn't meet a, miss a beat. Um, so they'll be a tough side. I was a little worried about their bowling South Africa, but they seem to have got enough behind them, apart from on, um, Andre Norkia, who, who for me would have been inside the top five um, fast bowlers in this tournament, but he's, he's not there. So Nagidi's had to you know, step up a bit. So it'll be a tough opposition. They, 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 um, they love the early stages of the tournament, South Africa, if I can put it that way. Um, gets a little trickier when it gets to the back end of the tournament for them, but this time around they seem quite confident. Um, the Vuma seems to have them humming, so we've got some challenges ahead. Matty, one final one to you before time beats us. Uh, is there a place for the quick bowler in, in, in India? I think we've I think our, our, our big three are the, are the key to us, and we, mm. we saw that against India yeah. where we had them three for two. Yeah, like when, when you go back to your initial comment, and I agree with it, we've got the right team. On any given day, we're going to have a much better day than that first that first match against the favourites. That, that's why I was saying, you know, to the punters out there, don't give up on Australia and, and this team because it's a great scrapping team. And we even saw that glimpse of, of, of that in Chennai. Had Mitch, Mitch Marshall taken that catch, then India may well have, capitulated to the pressure on a tough wicket. Um, who knows? That didn't happen. But Australia will re- 
uh, group, and and they will put on better performances. And don't be surprised if uh, that that doesn't happen um, against SA, um, even though it might be a tough tough track. So, pl- plenty of good things. Maxwell in the warm up games was excellent. He's yeah. got to have a big World Cup and stabilise the, the middle order. Not stabilise, actually dominate the middle order. Now, when you think back to the to the sides, the 15 side was a dominant. Um, cricket team through the World Cup, the seven World Cup, the three World Cup, they weren't looking to, to win. They were looking to dominate. And, and that's the sort of mindset that Australian cricket has had now for three decades. Uh, it hasn't been intimidated by the superpower of India. Um, it knows these conditions really well because it plays a lot of its cricket. The boys play a lot of their cricket here in these conditions. It's not like all of a sudden this World Cup would have snuck up on them. No way. They know... <clears throat> the challenges of travel, the challenges of, of various injury um, and lifestyle changes, wicket conditions, crowd conditions. I mean, they're, they're actually relishing it. Gone are the days where, you know, your, your um, Flemo used to come over here with a, a peg on his nose and, and eat chips <laughs> from a bag. And <laughs> the boys relish the conditions now, you know. So they're, they're well accustomed to it. Matty, thank you for the insight and expertise. We will talk to you throughout the tournament. Matt Hayden, live from India. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. So you're telling me there's a chance. Yeah! Oh, he's been waiting to play that one all day. I know. Slam and Sam and Matty Hayden has said that we are definitely a chance for the World Cup. We just need everyone to fire. We have got the right selection. I was actually up for a fight with Matty. Oh, I thought he might have thought, no. Ben, what are you talking about? Uh, we have all done it today, all thanks to Mac, as they are proud sponsors of the Little Legends, supporting grassroots sport here in Queensland. Thanks for your company over the last three hours. We will do it again tomorrow from 9 o'clock here on SENQ. Until then, good luck, good hunting.